Hello guys and welcome back to the Journey Podcast, episode 15, season 2. Glad to be back, glad to be with you guys again. And like I said previously before, we've done two guest episodes so far in this podcast. And today I'm super excited because we have another guest episode. And he's a really good friend of mine. I met him in, it was in a... um, so one of my friends uh, set up an event and it was all to do with the law of attraction and success and he brought in a guest and when he went on to talk he talked about his story, his experience in the army and, and basically different sort of scenarios which led him to going into business and setting up his own idea but I don't want to talk too much about him, I'd rather let him say a bit more about himself. Uh, so Kevin, say, say hi to the Journey Podcast. No worries. So yeah, obviously another guest episode, and we're gonna learn a bit more about Kevin. So Kevin, do you mind telling the audience a bit about who you are, what you do? Well, um, what I do at the moment is, is I've been in the crane industry for twenty years, working with cranes, um, and that was following being in the army. I was a paratrooper in the army going back. Uh, prior to 2000, left the army in 2000 and I became a crane operator and I was a crane operator for 10 years then. In 2010, I decided to self-fund to become a trainer uh, and then from there, once I got a trainer, helped develop a training centre for um, a few years and then in 2014, uh, I was actually supposed to be moving to Vancouver at the time, very close to moving to Vancouver. That was really what one of the, that was my big dream to be fair for, for my family. I've got four young children, but four boys, but not so young my this is actually nineteen. But uh, yeah, I had four younger children at the time and I was looking to move to Vancouver. But my partner at the time, uh, she didn't go through with it and then Rather than just kind of settling back, it went into what I've done. I started a business, um, had a business for a few years, and then went into a business partnership late 2018. And unfortunately, that collapsed uh, last year. So I spent a period of time wondering what on earth I was going to do. Um, and this is then they helped me come up with this challenger identity concept that I've been speaking about over the past number of months, and much indeed I was speaking about in Cardiff. Um, that was even after we met, we met when it came along as a, mm. just as an attendee. Um, and uh, I ended up back in full-time employment. And now I work for a national crane hire company, helping to develop culture, communication and confidence for the, for the company. So that gives a, an overview of me professionally. But of course, we are more than our profession. So often that's used as our identity, what job we talk about. In the challenge of identity, but not our occupation, and our occupation is not us, we're just part of us. And there's many things that I enjoy doing, particularly getting on the mountains. Um, I have been very active in Taekwondo, although since the collapse, just before the collapse of that business partnership, I haven't been training, but looking to get back into the martial arts. Um, I was successful in competitions with martial arts, and I'm black in Taekwondo. So um, I have various passions and interests which kind of help form and uh, help me live out as to who I am really. Yeah, uh, it's funny you say about the the identity part of things because I remember in that event you were you mentioned how in network events a lot of people want to know about what you do, but no one really asks why you do what you do. 
and I think that's that's really important to ask because the the what you do is like yeah it's good to know a bit more about the people but when you find out the reason why they do it it's a lot more interesting to find out a bit more about them so yeah that that's something which really stuck to my mind and I think whenever we do go to business events and network events it's really important to learn more about their motivations by 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 asking the why question to find out more about them so yeah um obviously unless you've been living under a rock you know about the coronavirus crisis it's been everywhere there's been tons of reports about it you know there's been crazy stuff pardon yeah, honestly, I feel the exact same as well. Stay at home, don't go out. Literally, I've never, I've never felt so restricted in my life. But obviously, we have to do it for safety measures. Are you still going out? Are you still doing stuff? I'm sure you probably are. Um, well, that's an interesting question. Um, I've been I'm a bit of a rebel. Always have been, just and I'm also very respectful. And I appreciate how this how important this is to everybody. I'll be perfectly honest with that. I, I, I'm both, always open to be proved that I wasn't bang on with the reviews. Um, but I felt for, for a number of weeks before it got to anywhere near this level, the media were overblown it. And, and I, I have huge sympathy, don't get me wrong, for anybody who is directly affected in terms of the health of this or of you. You're ill with it, or you know somebody that's ill from it, with it, or God forbid, you know somebody that, that has died from it. Massive sympathies. There's no question the virus is real. But what I struggle to deal with is what action has been taken based on the numbers that are actually affected. Now, even if we got to 100,000 people that are affected, let's say, that is one in 680 people in the country. So that is something like, I don't know, I'm not brilliant in mass, but something like 0.18% of the population, something like that, 0.17% of the population. So um, it's not that, it would be a lot, we're only on something, say only, it is a lot, but we're on something like 12, 13,000 affected now um, who, are, who are tested positive. So for me, I really struggle, I do struggle with the measures that have been taken. But as I said, I'm also respectful, so I'm not going to deliberately annoy people, deliberately put people at risk. So I'm staying indoors. I find it hugely frustrating that I can't get around the mountains because that's what I do two to three times a month. And now being restricted from what I view is you're getting in the car, you're isolated, driving to a place, getting out of the car, nobody's around, you're walking. But anyway, you know, I, I, I will respect that and I'll go with it as much as I'm not quite on board with it. I yeah. I tell you what, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I think that, I think one of the biggest reasons why people are so scared is because we've never seen anything like this before. It's a disease where it's highly contagious and it's affected not only, like, the reason why Ebola wasn't as huge as coronavirus is because it mainly only affected Africa. Never, never got to the UK, maybe one or two, but it wasn't massive. And then obviously as soon as it's hit so many people, it's hit big celebrities, it's hit thousands, thousands of people in China, Italy, recently hit Boris Johnson, everyone's getting panic. And there's even been hashtags about it, about corona fear, um, uh, coronavirus, corona anger. And um, I, I remember watching the Tony Robbins video and he was saying about UPW and people saying, oh, is it going to be cancelled 
because of the coronavirus. And he said, look, I've been on the show and I managed to cut myself bleeding everywhere in a wheelchair and I still managed to do the show. So he was obviously putting that he's not afraid of the virus and he won't let it stop the show. But it's all about the negative bias, you know, the media, social, like the reports, news, they put this negative view of seeing the coronavirus and spreading this completely horrible view about how it's damaging the whole world and it is bad but again is not huge to the extent that we're all taking it and i think obviously i do feel sympathy for people who have it like i, I was actually in a webinar call yesterday with a guy who had it and he was at home in his own house and it, it was sad to see that but i i felt good that he was still going on and still strong about it but if we choose to react it in a bad way and overreact then it's going to be bad for our immune system. It's going to be bad for our mental state and just how we naturally think. I think it's good to be logical. See, okay, it may have um, affected me, stopped me from going out a lot, but has it really damaged my whole life? Can I still do stuff I want to do? Is there still stuff that I can do? And I think it's all, it's all about perspective in a way, looking at things. Is it really as bad as we see it is? There's obviously bad things, but there's good things about it as well. So, yeah, and leading on to that, I wanted to ask you something. So, in this time, how can businesses and people still, like, be productive, not only in their work, but in their life and lifestyle? Well, there are many ways. It's just that we get so, typically, we get so caught up in what our habits are and what we're used to, and that's all of us. Really going to consider what can come out of this. 
to drive change. So clearly, there's going to be a lot more online opportunity. Now, there's a lot of noise online, so there's no point doing just what everybody else does, because you're going to be a follower in that case, and you're going to be behind the curve. But what, look at your industry. What is not being done online at the moment that can be done online? I mean, I see a lot of women, it seems to be mainly women right now, who are doing this Joe Wicks fitness stuff, and then he's a buff kind of guy, that might have something to do with it. Look at him, you know, all of a sudden the coronavirus has kicked off and he's got half the female population mm. doing his stuff online, you know? Mm. Um, of course, his unique selling point, point is probably that he's buff, but what's your unique selling point? What can you do differently? What can you change? So. Um, there's lots in terms of the industry I work in. The training is not much of it's done been done online because it's very practically driven. Let's look at what elements of that can we take online so there's blended learning so we're minimising the time people to physically take away from their typical workplace. You know, look at what the problems are and solve the problems. Yeah. That's the main thing. If you feel that there's a problem with like what's happening to you in this situation, the chances are other people are feeling those problems too. So be a leader, come up with a solution. What could be a solution to that in these times that's going to come out of it? Because we're all going to have to carry on living. The economy's going to have to get going again at some point, but it's probably going to get going in a different way because people are going to sit down and they're going to realise they don't need to be doing these things the same way that's been done for a long time. This is a huge moment of change and a huge time for opportunity. Definitely, I totally agree. I, I was I was speaking to someone earlier and we were on about like what we were both doing in these times and we mentioned how a lot of people like if you have a look at the Netflix um um ratings, their ratings skyrocketed as soon as the coronavirus happened. And it it just shows that like people have taken this. As soon as they went back to going back home, they've seen it as an opportunity to like rest and, and settle down because they couldn't see a way of doing more productive things or ju- just doing different learning new skills as you said but this is the time to do that i think like again it's all about the perceptions and changing the way you see things we can see things in a different way we can now i see it as an opportunity to focus more on the stuff that is related to work we we enjoy we find more productive we can still go outside and exercise and even socialize with our family in some sense but it gives us more time to focus on what we want to do and like you said this is the moment where people put change not just like like adapting to the coronavirus but also like change on social media how can you stand out from the crowd so i definitely agree with your insight we're just coming up to the end of the episode um you know you guys know that i like to keep these episodes nice nice and short for you guys uh so kev where can the audience find you if they ever want to seek advice from you um, well, in terms of what I do with regards to personal, personal development and such like, um, I've got to do have a website, I've got to go back to it, that's one of the things I'm uh, increasing my online activity, so I've got a website, kevinbenson.com, there's a couple of good reads on there from uh, a couple of years ago, you know, the relevant today for sure, and of course uh, I'm on LinkedIn, just Kevin Benson on LinkedIn. And I have a Facebook profile as well. And if you're into hiking, um, I do have an Instagram account for uh, once you put up my mountain pictures on there. Because I'm uh, six foot seven, of course I'm average height, so therefore <laughs> my tag, average height hiker. 
<laughs> awesome, yeah. Thank you so much, Kevin. Um, it's been great having you in here. Um, just before we finish off, you know, guys, we always finish this off. Yeah, you guys know that we finish this off with a nice quote to make you guys feel good for the rest of the day. So think about, think about um, adapt adaptation and change. Charles Darwin once said that the most ferocious animal isn't the strongest, isn't even the most intelligent, but is the one that can adapt to change the greatest. Keep that in mind, guys. I hope you have a great day, a great productive couple of weeks through this time. We will get through this. Just stay confident, stay calm, and keep on doing what you love. Hope you enjoy. See you around the next episode. I'm your host, Joseph Bryant, and peace.